Welcome to Formula Pod, the newest F1 podcast from me, your host Lewis, and my co-host Alex. Together we are excited to take you on a journey through our thoughts and opinions on Race Weekend. So we've both been uh, F1 fans for over a decade now. Um, or what What was your first race? Um, I don't actually remember my first race, but like one of the first memories I have is my dad having the F1 on in the living room and me sort of having to decide what driver I liked. Um, and I sort of went down through everyone, like asking my dad what the names of people were. And one of them was called Lewis. So from that point on, I supported this guy called Lewis and he turned out to be Lewis Hamilton. Like, what was your first race then? Uh, Monaco 2012. Um, can't even remember why I started watching it, but I did. Uh, and at that point, I think I supported Alonso, which um, obviously changed over time. But uh, yeah, we've just we've created this podcast to um, chat shit about F1, get all the updates, developments and drama. Well, I mean, Alonso wouldn't be a bad person to be supporting now. Just came third this weekend. Very true, but it doesn't mean he isn't a dick. <laughs> Why do you not like Alonso? Uh, I don't know. No, like I think he's a good driver. He's clearly like a very, very talented driver. But whether I want to support him or not, it's like a different story. Yeah, I'm yeah. kind of on the fence about him. I think in that kind of like Vettel era, he had this very cool... Like, he was the underdog. He was outperforming the Ferrari. He had, like, a very cool aura around him. And then, as he's got older, he's not gone the Vettel way of becoming this nice old guy in the paddock that everyone likes and is very approachable and likeable and sports. Like, he's this, like, bitter old man, obviously, that he's not lived up to his potential. But he is now, perhaps. Well, he might this year. But at this point... He's like completely missed his potential. Like he has the talent to have been a seven. I think to be a, to be like a five-time world champion, to be a seven-time world champion. But he's burnt bridges and he's made shit career decisions that's led to him being a two-time world champion. Yeah, he has burnt bridges, but this could be the first good team choice he's ever made. The first good switch to Aston Martin. Yeah, but then he's also in a team where. Like, he, he's competitor. His main competitor, which is his teammate, is the son of the guy that owns the team. Like, what chance has he got there if the battle got serious? Yeah, but I feel... He's never going to be favoured. Yeah, I feel Stroll's not as good a driver right now as Alonso is. I mean, No, he could not. be. You know, if Alonso is miles away, then they're never going to favour him, but... I can't imagine you know, even... a situation where they're doing they're uh, they're having a one-two situation and Alonso's asked over the team radio to let Lance win. I could imagine that happening. Yeah, you're like if you look to you know Nico Rosberg, good driver, but he wasn't on a Lewis Hamilton level, and yet he did compete with Lewis Hamilton for race wins, for championships because they were both in such a dominant car that like obviously you're not saying Aston Martin's anywhere near that. Yeah, but they were in such a dominant car that. Like, it was a battle between those two. And they, you know, I mean, whether they had the pace advantage over the other was irrelevant because, you know, effectively, they were the only two on the racetrack. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get to that point with Red Bull this year, though. Um, Well, no, because they've copied Red Bull's design, so they can't exactly get better. Yeah, like like how they copied Mercedes' design with the pink Mercedes back in the day, and then they just drop off the next season. 
Um, I feel like Aston Martin's a team that we should all, like it's got a McLaren-esque about it that everyone should want to support it and because it's the underdog, because it's British or whatever and obviously there's the British bias. But I just don't like them. They're they're not a... Uh, I like Aston Martin. They're not the underdog. Okay, well, we'll disagree on that then, but... <laughs> They make I don't see them as the plucky underdog that Force India was. Yeah, no, they're not underdog. Um, they're talking how um, Alonso won this weekend. He, well, he got a podium this weekend, and he's this big underdog. He's not. He's a world championship with a yeah. billionaire owner for a team boss. That then copied their design. Of the red. On that. Yeah, because, yeah, I don't... One, I don't see them competing against the Red Bull because they can't because they've again just copied the design and also they're they've like F1 is marketing right it, like let's be real above everything else it is a marketing venture and they've got the marketing dead wrong because they've got the nepotism driver they've got the you know big evil team boss which not to say he's an evil guy but that's how he's portrayed <laughs> in the media um, and then they've got the you know, the older driver who's better about his missed potential. Yeah, but... So, like, on a marketing perspective, you're almost the complete opposite of someone like McLaren, who, despite having clearly a shocking car from the look of this weekend, have the two young drivers who are really likeable, you know, a good brand image. Like, they're yeah, completely but, missed but, the they point. Don't, but they don't. Ricardo was one of the most popular drivers in F1, and they binned him off because they thought he was bringing down the potential of the team. And they've just come into a new season. But it's a car. It didn't suit him. Yeah, but this whole car, it's always an excuse. I don't quite believe when drivers say the car didn't suit them because it suits someone. And someone's either just got very lucky that they've got a car that suits their driving style. Or let's be real, they helped develop it or they adapted to it. And Ricardo had two years there and was still trying to around at the back when Lando was in the points. Yeah, that's Lando true. was getting podiums and he was barely in the points. Like either Lando's this incredible driver that we don't realise, or Ricardo was just either not a right fit in McLaren, which is fair enough, but then that also justifies them getting rid of him. Or he's just not as good a driver as he looked in the kinda early hybrid era McLaren when everyone thought he would be the one the only one that would challenge the Mercedes eventually yeah. but he's still a fan favourite and I think he really does oh, sell, yeah, sell the video yeah. and I think yeah. Red Bull were extremely smart hiring him oh that was as yeah. third yeah it was such good well I did I, there was a story on I don't know the, like how accurate this is that Red Bull also offered Vettel a seat for 2021 Ooh. And they said, we can't offer you a seat now. I think they offered it in 2020. They can't offer you a seat now. Go to Aston Martin for a year. Come back and we'll hire you for 2021. Uh, so this was before they hired Perez. Wow. Uh, and that would have been, a, like, what would have happened in that situation? That that would have been epic seeing Vettel back in the Red Bull seat. Uh, he, I mean, he would have been too old by that point. Like, he, would, he wouldn't be anywhere near ever set up, I don't think, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like of... other, yeah, 
like all the predictions we're saying about who is going to take that Aston Martin seat when Lance broke his wrists, which I still don't think he should be driving right now. I mean, he had a pretty good I mean, the, this weekend, but... <laughs> in a very good car, good car, good um, which I guess doesn't didn't have any effect in the end, but you don't know. And he just looked like he was struggling, I think. It is impressive that he still got, you know, the the sixth place he did. Sixth place, yeah. It's like he still shouldn't have been driving because he didn't look in almost in control. And I think it's just Yeah, I think he looked better in um qualifying in the race. He did not look good in practice. Happily, happily say that Aston Martin is faster than Mercedes and probably faster than the Ferraris. Yeah, I mean, Alonso said it uh, in his post-race interview. Yeah. Um, it's great having a podium on the first race and it's great being in the second fastest car on the grid, which... Yeah, it's, and I mean, for the one that is famous for complaining about his car and how shit it is and how... Yeah, and complaining about his teammates. And complaining about his teammate. He was so complimentary. And either this is... Well, he has to be, though, because... I'm sure there's anyone else who crashed into him in the first first 30 seconds of the race. He would not have been happy, but I think he was told... He can't complain. Oh, there was that. Yeah. Did you read that, like, the stupid comments he made that were like, oh, yeah, like, Lance Stroll's, like, could be a future world champion or something. And yeah, it's yeah. so forced. It was incredible. Yeah. But at this point, he's going to be like, oh, yeah, I've made the right decision sucking up to him because we've got a car that could fight for race wins during this season by the looks yeah, of like. sure. so, like, yeah. They might drop off in development, though, but they still have a lot of wind tunnel time. We'll just have to see how it pans out. Yeah, it depends how much. I think it really depends on the direction Mercedes go because Ferrari look like they're. I how much time can they gain? Because they're quite optimized in their design philosophy. If you get what I mean. Whereas I think Mark have obviously gone for a completely different design philosophy that isn't working right now. So will they get to work? And then um, get that massive advantage, or will they not? I think it's really cool what Merck are trying to do. They're trying to be the leaders. They're trying to come up with this unique design that no one else is going to be able to replicate because they'll be too far gone. But it, it it's not working out for them. I think they need to cut their losses and um, go for a Red Bull-esque side pod like everyone else in the paddock is doing. Like what Aston Martin have spent a year developing, basically copying the Red Bull, and look how they've turned out. Second fastest car on the grid. But for then, a team like Mercedes, second fastest car on the grid is still yeah. a failure. Yeah. People would still be saying that, oh, what a shit show from Mark. They were second fastest on the grid. So they either need to be blowing the, you know, I mean, completely obliterating the rest of the field to get any kind of praise. Yeah. Even though there's a budget cat and they've all got the same amount of money now. But I think they need to just swallow their pride though. Their unique concept doesn't work. Is it the concept like they keep saying, is it actually the, their concept that doesn't work? Or is it just they're implementing Because everyone's saying, oh, but the marks are different, the marks are different. But we're in an era of ground effect cars where what we can see is probably. Only, you know what I mean? It's 10% of what actually matters on the car. 
is the floor and everything that's yeah truly is what's making the difference right now yeah i mean i think merck said they were going to come with some upgrades in later races but i mean they said that last year so i know but they did say this year that they've got a b-spec car that they could bring out so do they go for the b-spec car which is more the I don't know if it's a Red Bull philosophy or a Ferrari philosophy because they are slightly Yeah, I've, I've not heard about a spec car. There was comments about they have got like an almost, not a fully developed, but a, a pretty far developed B-spec car that they could switch to at any point. Oh, and it's in case they can't get the zero yeah. to work. So is it, you know, do they go to that and just kind of cut their losses and say... Because let's be real, if they go to a B-spec, if they go to, especially if it's a Red Bull philosophy, and they've only spent half their time developing it, they're not going to win the championship on a half-developed thing, but they might, you know, it's how far do they go with the zero side pods, uh, pods, less drag concept. Because the less drag isn't even really come through, is it? Because yeah, because they're, they're not even fast. They're not even fast. No, they're fast. like even on the straights, they're, they're not anywhere near the top speed. They're probably the lowest and then there was all that talk last year about the the engine being the issue and it's gonna they're gonna be screwed because the engine freeze but now no one's talking about whether it's the engine so is it the engine is it the zero side pod concept is it something else like no one seems to know and i don't think anyone will know it's all speculation isn't it yeah what do you think of the race then as a whole i've not the greatest one but i think we've been spoiled for races over the last two years like um like obviously a lot of newer fans won't realize but like we sat through despite support and mercedes we sat through a lot of really fucking boring um races from like 2014 to to yeah i remember not but so pretty much up to 2021 like yeah i remember i stopped watching qualifying because I knew Hamilton would get pole. Yeah, yeah. Hamilton or Bottas would get pole, and or Hamilton Rosberg, and I mean Hamilton Rosberg he had the bit of the rival at race, so there was something to watch for. Yeah, but after that, yeah, there's a whole battle in Ferrari, but realistically they just weren't anywhere near enough of a challenge. No, no, to really. make it interesting. Um, and then we had a, the incredible season that was 2021. Um, despite how it ended, it was like every race you were on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I you didn't think know who was going to win. That's one of the best seasons I've ever seen, hands down. Yeah, it's the best season. And I think I think that's why it brought in so many new fans with Drive to Survive as well. Yeah, everyone seems to talk about Drive to Survive. I think knowing the fact that it was the most exciting season we'd had, like a. <clears throat> Well, in the 10 years I watched it, I thought it was by far the most exciting season was 2021. You didn't yeah, know, I mean, one, you didn't know, I mean, I know it was between two competitors, but you didn't know who was going to win which race. They were constantly whacking into the side of each other because they wouldn't give each other an inch. Like, it was incredible. Two massive fan bases of Red Bull and Mercedes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But um, it doesn't look like I'm going to regret my words here, but it doesn't look like we're going to get that this year. I don't think it's going in that. Despite them being close on time and everyone was, you know, I mean, Sky Sports and everything were talking about like, the qualifying times being quite close to each other. 
in the race. I mean, we're talking what? I think everyone apart from Red Bull has come together in time. A Red Bull are just... I mean, they ended 40 seconds ahead of Alonso, I think. Yeah, yeah no, you're 30, right. 30 yeah, seconds under. ahead of Alonso. Yeah. Uh, but the rest of the pack seems pretty competitive. A lot of overtakes. Um, yeah, I think it's worked yeah. for everyone apart from Red Bull, the team that were meant to have a penalty for this year to make it harder for them. And that just seems to have had well, no yeah, effect. Well, yeah, but it, yeah. But their penalty was for 2021, not 2022. I thought they had wind tunnel so, time taken away. So they should have had wind... I'm assuming... Yeah, I'm 99% sure that was this year, but they've not had any... They've not overspent this year. You know, I mean, they overspent the year yeah. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we don't know who overspent this year. Yeah. So that that's, could that's come out in, in a few months. That, yeah, two billion to get Alonso back on the podium. But I don't exactly see how it cost them that much to just copy someone else's design, <laughs> to be honest, but... Um, but they've got the new factory and new wind tunnel, the newest wind tunnel in F1. I don't know, if I'm honest, I don't know how that, what's calculated into the cost cap in terms of headquarters upgrades. I don't quite yeah, know. Yeah, I, I don't think that's, I don't think that's in, included. Yeah, because there was all the thing about the McLaren wind tunnel as well, which is like three years late and still not finished or something. And that clearly shows in the, like McLaren have very clearly shown that they're like it's so different from the Ron Denisina that Ron Ron Denisina I can't speak but uh, era, Ron era. Dennis era that like they seem to be completely focused on marketing yeah I, was I think Zach Brown the 2010s. isn't a good leader for McLaren personally but he probably is in terms of the shareholders because he is increasing that He's not on the competitive and the technical side, but he is in terms of the market and then probably the money coming in. Yeah, because that. Yeah. you look at the McLaren. It's the sponsor shares. I mean, yeah. they've got the, the new screens that switch between different sponsors. Yeah. Make even more money. And I don't think it's the best looking car, but it's definitely not. I like because of all the sponsors that go on there. It's pretty, it's, it's a cool looking car. And yeah, they've got the, the drivers that are pretty marketable. I'm not saying they're the most marketable, but they're more marketable than some of the dullest drivers, you know what I mean? Yeah, the the older drivers that are coming back, like Magnussen, Hulkenberg there. Yeah, exactly. They're not just uh, they're probably more marketable to some they're not sex. people like us, but they're not yeah, exactly. They're not gonna Yeah sell the merch. So, um, but then it's just showing that he's not focusing on the technical side. It's not like as much as you could criticize the Ron Dennis era as being like corporate and everything like they were com- they were constantly competitive yep um and obviously their livery was incredibly sexy which was hard to look past, yeah but um they were constantly competitive and they're constantly the ones fighting up at the front yeah uh, which they're not now they're they're not even a mid like this year you could genuinely say they're not even a midfield team, they're a backfield team from the look of this race. And I know it was a similar story last year, but last year was a regulation tra- change and you can say that completely mixed up the field and, you know, some people get, get it right, some people get it wrong. But a year later, to have got it 
even more wrong. And then not even to just to be lacking in speed, but to be lacking in reliability. Yeah, reliability is a big one. I mean, it is only yeah. the first race. Um, it's only the first race, but the first race in the second season and a new year. So yeah, it's a new year last year then. though. Last year there was some red Red Bulls. Or... Red Bulls both DNF'd in the first race and then went on to win both championships. So true. Yeah, but then they were they had the speed from the start. Whereas McLaren right now have neither the speed nor the reliability. Yeah, but it almost seems as though Red Bull were sort of teasing the fans, right? It seemed very close in practice. They'd got it wrong from testing. Well, and then they went... everyone was saying yesterday, uh, yeah. last year it was sandbagging, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's not even sandbagging. It was, it was, it was practice for this weekend, and they were just saying they were really struggling. And I don't get why they would be sort of saying that if they were as, I mean, as if they could run away with the race like they did. Even yeah. in qualifying, it looked like they were struggling. I was like, oh, this could be like very interesting. I know everyone was thinking, oh, this could be an Alonso pole. I mean, I was thinking it. Yeah. But, I mean, you were still thinking Verstappen if you were a gambling man. Yeah, I mean, saying that, I also thought the Red Bulls would be split, which they weren't, but I guess that was because of the... Yeah, but Leclerc's DNF, yeah. He just stayed in the garage. It was an electrical issue. Yeah. Something got replaced before the race yeah it seems a few electrical I think the whole thing with McLaren is just the fact that they didn't even bother retiring was almost more embarrassing yeah but then think about the data they would have got from I mean they're the only well, ones data of medium time without any engine was it engine hydraulics was it engine I don't even know exactly what it was, but... it was some sort of engine pressure engine fluids that had to get filled up to keep the en- engine working basically so he did five pit stops in the end. Yeah. You're almost like, would there be a better protection than uh, the ICU? Um, yeah. But, I mean, Lando probably wanted to finish the race. I imagine he didn't want to retire. I mean... I mean, he was all over the back of Hamilton. He was... True, he was having some pretty funny, but a lap, a lap or two down, though. Yeah, he was a lap down. He was two laps down by the finish. I mean, yeah, that was because Lando in a decent car, I think, is on the same level, if not better, than George Leclerc. That kind of group, I think, are going to be the the future. Yeah, definitely. But he's just, he's not in a good enough car to compete with him now. And he's Um, he's stuck in this car, what, till 2025? I mean... I think there's always people say this, but there's always options to get out of a contract. Yeah, and I mean, there's no other team to move to, is there? No, unless you know, as people speculate, when he either takes Perez's seat or Hamilton's seat. Yeah, Max did say in an interview recently that his dream teammate would be uh, Norris. But you probably don't want to be someone's dream teammate because someone's dream teammate would be someone. Yeah, they'll not they know you can beat them. Yeah. Yeah, whereas I don't think Verstappen would be... I think he is faster than Norris. But I don't think he's, like, that secure. You know, with a few DNFs or whatever, and a few, you know, a little bit less luck, Norris would definitely be him over a season, I think. Yeah, like a like a prime Nico Rosberg against Hamilton. Yeah, exactly, when Nico Rosberg beat the seven-time world champion in equal machinery. 
<laughs> is that kind of just that Rosberg had that wee bit more luck that year and that many could win the championship you know despite equal machinery yeah equal machinery but despite being a slower driver overall you know what I mean? yeah yeah you got pretty lucky um but again that was a good year to watch because you know given the the guy in front a bit of a disadvantage means he has to actually fight for it oh yeah it's great yeah um, which is why they <laughs> could say the 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 start of last year was good as well because max had those two dnf so then you got leclerc and him fight and like they were on equal footing for a bit and then eventually you realize right they're not on equal footing no and the ferrari's kind of just dropped off didn't they yeah massively in development and just in the kind of quality of the team in general I mean, we were we were both speaking during the race, and I was saying to you about how bad the tear off seemed to have got. How it's mm. almost as if drivers are deliberately using them as a sort of like Mario Kart weapon, dropping them in in front of the car behind, and it seems like they're getting stuck more and more frequently. I could I could definitely see that being a thing. But yeah, you know. I mean unspoken thing you know what i mean it, it was like uh ricardo last year or maybe not a, another year there's like clips of him basically going around the same corner a bit wide and just touching yeah. his back left tire on the dirt which then threw up all this dirt and mud onto i think it was leclerc that was chasing him and it just mm-hmm. threw it up into his visor sort of just throwing him off keeping him back but these little tactics that you don't really think about yeah but dude I mean, like, throwing dirt up a bit is a bit more acceptable, but the tear-off thing, I think they need to, like, surely there's an easy solution for that. Yeah, I don't... Because that could be dangerous at that point, you know what I mean? It's... Yeah, I think Brando was saying they used to put them... They used to have to put them in the car rather than just throwing them away. Yeah, which, again, makes more sense that you just... I mean, I, I, I can't imagine it's easy to buy a little Formula 1 car while trying to rip something off your helmet, but at the same time... I have to... Even maybe a little microfiber cloth in the attached to the sleeve, you just give it a quick wipe. True, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean they've got tear offs for a reason. I think. Yeah, I think they just need to have a pouch. Yeah, like Rundle said, they used to have to to put it in, and that saves it. You know, flying back and you know, it, it's not even that it's going on their visor or whatever. It's yeah, again, messing up their equipment. Yeah, it's going into the brake dogs sensors. Yeah, so it just it just seems like a really unnecessary. But obviously, the F one they're they're going to take advantage of any little detail. I think this is just them taking advantage of it. Using yeah, I mean, if you're going to tear it off, you might as well tear it off on the log straight when you're when your opponent's chasing you down. Yeah, exactly. When you think, oh, there's a chance that that could, you know, go and mess them up in some way. That could go into the break ducts. That could distract them or whatever like you're or maybe they don't like f1's all about little i think f1 is all about those little gains you can get is little gains you can get in the regulations loopholes and everything's about those little gains that you can find somewhere it's all about bending the rules to your to your benefit (laughs) yeah that's like ocon with his 30 second plus in penalties. Oh, I think that he was, was claiming close. that he's done the same thing 
in Formula One his whole life and he's never been penalised for it before. And I think, did he end up DNA, uh, just retiring? Yeah, they just sick. retired because, yeah. like, why would you Why would you keep going? I think that was a wee bit harsh. So what was um, it? Five-second penalty for, he sort of rolled forward in his box. So he was a yeah, bit, it was too far. Yeah. Then he went in for to serve his penalty and they started taking his, uh, his front nose. Yeah, they took his... They, it was like, um, if I remember the video right, it yeah. was uh, the giant man started unscrewing a bit of the the front. Uh, yeah, the way the five seconds. Yeah. So but... then, so then he went back out. Then he got a ten second penalty for that, and then when he went in for that penalty, he sped in the pit lane and then got yeah. another penalty. Yeah. It was like he was trying to land in last. Surely he was just like. Yeah, I mean, at that point, the penalty, the penalty for starting a little bit forward in your box is it's been served. It did its purpose of slowing him down. That you didn't need yeah, to keep exactly. punishing the man when he's got no but like advantage over any driver. Not part, you know. What I mean, then people complain that they're not consistent, so they kind of do have to say, anytime you speed in the pit lane, we're penalising you. Anytime you jump forward in your grid box, we're penalising you. Because if that had been, yeah, you know, let's say that been Abu Dhabi twenty twenty one. People would still be talking about it. Yeah, that is true. They do have to be. If they just like take a hard line with things, then it's easier for them to not get yelled at if everything's everything's on the same wavelength. Um, what else? Oh, the prophecy. The prophecy that everyone the that is first in the fir- in the first race ends up second in the championship. So since 2017, and now Max has finally won the first race of the season. So does that mean he will not be the one to win the championship? Well, if the prophecy reigns true since 2017, I mean, surely Max can't win it. It's got to be... I mean, if Max didn't win this year, who else do you think has a chance? I think... I think Alonso could be up there, but I don't think he'll win because I don't think they could overtake the Red Bulls. Just because their whole thing is about copying the Red Bull. So how could you then... Yeah, so if, if we go off what we know and if the prophecy rings true, then this should be Perez's first world championship, <laughs> which should be very cool to see. It would be cool to see, but there's just no chance. He's just not got the pace for it. So I think you either have to say Helmut and Russell or Leclerc um, and just one of those teams just makes a huge you know leapfrog and gets back to fighting quick enough that they can compete for the championship yeah i mean perez was saying that he thinks he he can take it to max i mean i'm not so sure you can't not you can't go in with the mentality that you can't beat him yeah i mean we didn't get to see his true sort of how much he's improved over the, the winter break because uh, he messed up his start, but he shouldn't be messing up his starts. He's that experienced, and I know you're saying improves over the winter break, but he's been here for is this his like twelfth season? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Like, uh, he's been here for ages. Like, he's eleven, so like, and yes, he's been a midfield driver all his career. Like, but been... he shouldn't be messing up his starts. That's that's something that yeah, like he's drivers, done... That's something that Hamlin's so good at is getting his start right every single time. Yeah, he's sort of this the consistency. Race. He basically jumped from seventh to fifth because of his start and the momentum that gained him through the first couple of quarters. Yeah. And so you can't say someone like Perez, who's far more experienced than even Max, you know, is not that far off, you know, Lewis and Alonso, like by a couple of seasons. 
is like how can he he shouldn't be improving at this point because he should have his consistency down like yes he's not going to be world champion I don't think he's not got the skill you know he's not a hot young talent he's just should have the consistency and the experience to be a decent driver and to get the results and then he doesn't seem to have that consistency in the top top teams which I think yeah. also his promotion kind of dispels this myth that the drivers are all quite close to each other it's just the cars that made the difference yeah well I mean Red Bull is notoriously a one driver team so it is but I, you think after all the eras he's been in he's been in the V8 era he's been in the turbo hybrid era and now he's been in the ground effect era like he's he's had to change philosophies of cars several times so you should yeah. have a bit of versatility. And then he and gets a simple start wrong. Yeah. He he should be able to adapt to to the Red Bull philosophy pretty easily. And then, you know, it kinda shows that, you know, what was you know, Perez was probably the best midfield driver. And that was his thing. It was good in the midfield, is you know, miles off the base of Verstappen, Hamilton, or even Russell, or you know Leclerc and Sainz. Like he's not, he's not on their level in any way. Do you think Alonso would have got past Leclerc if he hadn't DNF'd? Um, it's hard to say. I think it would have depended on Ferrari's strategy with Leclerc. Was Leclerc running to the end when he DNF'd? Yeah, I don't know. Do you think yeah. he was? Yeah, I think he was. Um. So he, he DNF'd shortly after they paid for their final set of hearts, did they not? Oh, yeah, I think you're right. So then, yeah, I think... The thing is, Leclerc's got that bit more pace than Sainz, like, clearly, but has he got the, you know, kind of racecraft or anything? I don't think Leclerc's necessarily got better racecraft than Sainz. So it would just be down to could Alonso make up that time. Because um, Leclerc, I think, on pace, is one of the best drivers on the grid. But then he doesn't have that race craft. He doesn't have that kind of consistency of any of the other. He sort of showed it at the start of 2022, though. Um, when he was yeah, fighting he the... Verstappen, and he was everyone was going wild about how he was tricking Verstappen to dive in a corner he just swooped back around the uh, outside of him but I think it was all to do with the experience with Verstappen though because they've raced together for like years you know, yeah since yeah he knew, he knew him and then you were, but you're also like but you lost in the end like yeah that's true he wasn't aggressive enough he gave up positions that he could have fought for like, Verstappen and Hamilton run into each other because they won't give each other an inch. Whereas, Verstappen, uh, whereas Leclerc knows, well, Verstappen will try and take that place. I guess I'll back out to just preserve my race. And as as much as that probably benefits in some ways, I just don't think that's the mentality to win a world championship. Yeah. Um, and as much as, you know, you could say, like, with hindsight, he was never going to win last year. If he had been a bit more aggressive, would he have gone closer? Would have the championship fight have been going a bit that bit longer? 
I don't know. I I think I think Max is too fast in the end, and I feel like being part of that team of Ferrari it just was demotivating. Him driving perfect races for a Ferrari to screw him over, and then Ferrari giving him a perfect strategy, and then he makes a mistake on his own. I feel like he needs more experience in a a top team to really have a chance at a championship. I think. Yeah, that that's actually training. That's a different perspective of know that he's not got the consistency, but the the inconsistency of Ferrari last year caused his inconsistency. Yeah, well, I think it kind of worked in all ways. I don't think they were a a functional team, Um, and he doesn't. You know, you know when Max wants to make a call, he doesn't listen to Red Bull, right? When Lewis wants to do something, he doesn't listen to Mercedes. They sort of have the the resume to not listen to their team, whereas Leclerc doesn't have that. Which is why I also, when I look at the relationships between drivers, I look at Toto and Lewis and sort of Mercedes as a whole, and they seem very like, they seem like friends. It doesn't seem like it's a weird power dynamic. Whereas especially in like Drive to Survive and looking at the way like Horner speaks to Perez, it just seems uncomfortable. And the same with yeah. Ferrari, the way that Mattia last year spoke to him, like telling him off with the finger wagging and stuff. It just creates a sort of relationship where you don't want to, you just, how can you perform well when they're telling you off? They're like, oh, don't be bad to the media after we've just screwed you in your home race. Um, I think there's then, like that two way trust, though, like, the reason, like, Hamlet and Verstappen are quite good at, say, you know, going against the team is because they very rarely have to do it. Yeah. It's that one, you know, I mean, it's that two, three races a season where they need to be like, no, what you're telling me is different from what I'm feeling on the track. Whereas with Leclerc, he doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the experience in a team where they actually need to make these race winning these race winning decisions he doesn't have the experience to know when to deviate from that or correct for our strategy every race that he was again given a horrific strategy that he would then it'd be his responsibility to change whereas for Stefan and Hamlin is that you know it's once in a while they have to say no actually I don't think this is right Leclerc was having to decide the strategy every race because Every strategy Ferrari came out with was horrific. I can I can barely think of one last year that was even semi decent. Yeah. Um. And then when he did the, you know, I mean, it, it was almost like, you know, it's not Verstappen and Hamlet is when they're saying no, the data, well, they said the data is the whole, not the whole story. They're being like, well, I'm feeling on track is different from what you're getting your information from whereas with Ferrari they were getting the same information but they were just making a stupid decision with that data and so Leclerc can't say oh what I'm feeling on track is different from that data Leclerc just has to say you're just you're talking shit you're what, what are you on about like this is not what we should be doing this has got lots like holes in the plan like let's be real they're gonna walk all over us with this strategy yeah I mean, it's not that hard to, especially if you just copy the strategy in front of you and it tends to work 
the majority of the time. Like a lot of the strategy in the top teams is just do the opposite of whatever they do or just do the exact same as the team in front, the team you're chasing. Yeah, but Ferrari, like some of the, like Spa last year is one that sticks out to me when he, they tried to pit for a fastest lap when they didn't have enough time to pit for a fastest lap. Like that is the most basics of, of decisions to look and see do we have enough time for a pit stop? Oh, you know what? It's kind of close. We'll leave it. And they were just like, oh no, we'll pit. Let's try it. Like, what? Like, there's yeah. no sound decision making at all from that team last year. No. Let's get back to what happened this race, I think. Um, did you see if Magnussen, did Magnussen start on the hard tyres? Was he the only one who didn't start yeah. softs? Yeah, he was the only one on different strategy. And well, but he it. he still ended up in thirteenth. But something something happened to him in the race. I think. I didn't see it. If I'm honest, I don't know if it was uh was it a bit of contact he had with. Uh yeah yeah yeah. Hulkenberg. He got he got wing. damage. He had damage on his front wing. Oh no, it was Magnussen. Magnussen big damage. Magnussen had the the end plate falling off. Yeah, so he had a lot. So he started on a different strategy. I think it was working quite well for him. And then um, he just had damage, just kept him falling further and further back. But, I mean, so far it's a really good start for Williams. Sergio race, two places off the points. Yeah, no, they points. You kind of look at them and say, are they doing well because... They've James made Cameron. a massive jump, or is it just that other teams have fallen quite far back, like McLaren, like Alpine, um, and then obviously had a few, few retirements, and also they've not got Latifi anymore. Yeah, that, that's got, true. You know, you could say we don't know how like how good Sargent is, but by the looks of things, he's not massively off the pace. You know, he's a he's getting he might he's not, not be at the level of Albon. But he's yeah, he's not DNF and, and crashing all the time. And he's you know, he, he's keeping pace. I think it was a really smart choice for them to start poaching people as well. Need to get a good strong team around them again. Um I mean taking Mercedes chief strategy officer as your um what's it called? Team principal. Yeah, team principal. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. Yeah, no, it was a smart decision. And, like, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't want to see Williams do well. You know, being the last... They are the last independent team. Yeah. Realistically. Like, everyone wants to see... I feel like everyone wants to see them do well. Yeah, they're a very likeable team. And they've also got one of the best-looking cars on the grid. I think The livery is incredible. The Duracell battery on the... Yeah. Beautiful. It's... it's so gimmicky, but it works so, so well. It's one of the best sponsorship placements ever. Yeah, of all, like, I, oh, it's not even like they've got their name on it. Their whole product is right there. Like, you instantly look at that and think, oh, batteries, batteries. Like, I'm surprised there's not more ba- battery companies in the Formula One. Like, I don't know how much they're actually paying for that because I'm assuming Williams is quite a... One of the cheap teams. teams. Yeah. But it's, a, it's uh, a big placement where it is. Yeah. Like, you'd say that's a better... Like, I can't... 
that is the first sponsor that comes to mind of any F1 team right now because of how well they've integrated that into the livery. Yeah. Do you think um, Gasly regrets his move? Do you think he's happy with his move? I mean, look at where the Alpines are, though. He's hardly... He's ahead of the... Let me see where Gasly is. Uh, yeah, he's ahead of the other Alpines, so why would he regret his move? He moved from... Remember, he wasn't at Williams, he was at... Yeah, yeah, Jeff he was Harry. at... Yeah, he was at the baby team. So he's ahead. Of, I think you're never. There's no. There's no room for improvement there. He he's tried the big seat and failed. So I think it was a natural progression for him. He had to get out of there. I think. You know, he had that whole. You know, I mean, he's got the. He has the the second whenever, for AlphaTauri or Toro Rosso or whatever. Yep. Um. You know, the only other person being Vettel. And I think there was opportunities with that team. But, the, you know, definitely since Verstappen, the opportunities seem to have dried up. Well, they've, de- they've definitely... That car and, yeah. and like, oh, you're not matching him immediately? Never mind. You're you're out of here. Like, And it's sort of like they've given up on AlphaTauri, haven't they? I think they've almost given up on driver development in general. Yeah, but they're saying it. They're it's not worth paying for it anymore. They were saying that they don't actually make enough out of it to. Yeah, but the whole. That. I mean, you could say that. Obviously, they're talking about the marketing now again. But for years, it was Toro. Also, it wasn't really marketing anything. Toro's that was just Red Bull and Italian. The whole point was the driver development team. Yeah, and sell Red Bulls and Italians. Yeah, and selling right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But they seem to have just given up on driver development, and are just like, but well, they got well, you don't need driver development, development. because you've but got I mean, half the grids is they've they've developed. Yeah, but exactly, there's no they've they've technically developed Gasly into a competitor for Max. If Gasly was to ever get into a a car to bring it to Red Bull. I mean, I used to rate Gasly, but I don't see him ever being in that kind of. Yeah, I I didn't. I think Sainz is probably the fastest one, apart from Verstappen, that's gone through the the Red Bull program that's still in the grid. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see the hyper on Gasly last year after he won his race because yeah, he won his race, but I mean, you knew he was in a dead end job. I think it was in. 2021 it was like the consistent like fifth place he got like he'd always be around fifth yeah he'd always be there to pick up the pieces if anything went wrong yeah front runners or even if he wasn't in those he was very consistent he was like you know everyone was going on about George Russell getting fifth Mr. Consistency last year yeah Mr. Consistency and that was Gasly in 2021 and then since then either the teams he's had have just fallen apart or he as a driver has just fallen apart and he's not got that consistency. He's not got those results. And he's, you know, despite what I think is quite a good race for a ninth because he's, you know, he's uh, obviously ahead of Alcon who DNF'd. But I think considering the way Alpine were looking, it was looking, you know, after Alpine and McLaren fighting for P4 in the championship, it was looking like they yeah. were fighting, fighting to not be last this race he's done he's done pretty well for himself to get back up into the points yeah he has he's done well to get on but to think um, I mean it was not more of a card 
and they chose him. I don't know. Ricardo for me is a. Could he be put in a car that he he just clicks with and then be back to, you know, twenty fourteen Ricardo where Ricardo where he won the first race and you know what I mean like. I don't see yeah. him. I think he's just so likable. It sort of blinds you about that he's maybe not that. He he can't really take it to the other drivers anymore. Yeah, exactly. And he was is I think, especially people that watched for a while. It's also that thing if he was the one to be picking up the results where Mercedes didn't win. Yeah. Um, and was that in because he was in the only other competitive car probably, but that kind of everyone's thinking that they're like, oh, you had the Hamilton and the Rosberg, you know, swapping about races, and then those one race, those two crashed out or they messed up the strategy or whatever. Ricardo was the next one in. Yep. And he went in to win. But he was always picking up the pieces. He was never competing. Um, and he also, you know, apart from Vettel, obviously, he didn't have teammates that were competitive. To be a Kvyat, I think it was on the Kvyat he ever had, wasn't it? Who, let's be real, was barely a midfield driver, if not a torpedo. Driver. Yeah, exactly. He was a. Um... Yeah. Yeah. He was an aggressive, but not without pace driver. Yeah. So I made a couple of predictions before the race to you by text. Yeah. Um, I was saying there'd be a maybe a top two team DNF, so a Ferrari or a Red Bull, and I also thought that there was a pretty big chance that Lance would get into a crash on the first quarter. And um. And you know what? They were both right. You, you were both. You were pretty spot on. Uh, I can't lie. It wasn't the. It was, was it the first corner he hit Alonso? Sanyander third. No, I mean, the, I mean, let's say second. I don't think it is the second corner, but realistically, it's the second corner. Yeah. He just. Um, I'm surprised he didn't spin Alonso though. The fact that both of them came out without damage and without. You know, it was impressive. Really, any time lost is really impressive, and I think that was the only thing keeping Alonso from going mental, and despite him being his boss's son. Yeah, I mean, he was just a bit eager, I think, to sort of dive into the corner and then got the brakes. Was he attempting a dive, or did he just get his brakes wrong? That's what I can't tell. He he just got he was just I think he was just going along the straight, um, sort of side by side and sort of outbraked himself. I think. And Alonso did cut across the corner. Like, he did make it different. Yeah, they they took two vastly different lines. But that's because Hamilton, Hamilton was making a move on Alonso at that point. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if that actually is what gave Hamilton the place there when Lance gave Alonso a little tap. I think he'd maybe, he'd kind of already made the move and then Lance tapped him and then yeah. while he was kind of... I definitely saw them down on the exit, though. But... Yeah, and I, I they weren't turning, so you can't even say that was due to his wrist injury or whatever, but it was quite a clear mistake, I mean, and I think that shows what's going to happen for the rest of the season, is Alonso picking up his third places or his second places while Lance is not quite there, or might be there in qualifying. I, I would like, like to see a Lance race. I don't think he's got 
I don't think he could. I think I can I... definitely see him picking up some some high qualifying performances and some decent race finishes, but I don't think he could ever outright because he'd have to get the luck of the two okay, Red Bulls not yeah, finishing. Yeah, no, 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 but... And if, then the luck of Alonso also not finishing. If, a, like, Aston Martin go on a big trajectory for just car improvement after car improvement, and they get a top-tier car, a winning car, and say Alonso and Stroll uh, qualify P1, P2, I can see a scenario where Stroll could possibly... Uh, a, a mistake from Alonso, uh, a, a strategy mess up, maybe deliberate, um, that lets Lance mm. then take the lead of the race and win it from there. Or perhaps, uh, you know, like a Max Alonso clash, they come together and then Stroll was there to pick up the pieces and wins that way. True. And I think, despite everyone saying, I think you're dead on that um, if. Verstappen and Alonso are fighting side by side. They are definitely just as likely to crash as Hamilton. Oh yeah, yeah. Verstappen. Like, and I think even more likely because Alonso is more aggressive than Lewis. He's yeah. sim- he's more similar to yeah. Max. I feel. Except, I think he's usually. I can't think of a time where I've seen Alonso not being fair. Yeah, he's Alonso fair is fair. Driver. He's very smart, very calculated. And he'd rather yeah, waste the reactions and yeah. everything for someone that's, you know, over four is incredible. But he is, he is not going to let Verstappen run him off the road. He will happily take the, let them both go out the race for that that. Yeah, position. definitely. Um, which I think more drivers should be like. I think it's kind of the old, um, the old style of driving that seems to be a bit lost. Yeah. What do you think about Russell's message to Hamilton? Is he just going slow or like what's going on? I think um Because Russell was Russell said that yeah, I think Hamilton was conserving his tires and Russell's like, What's happening here? But I mean, pretty short after Russell said that message, Lewis sort of left him in the dust and then Russell couldn't get near Lewis again. Yeah, so I think he's just eager, and I think that's why we saw those collisions last year as well. Is he's he's over eager, Russell, and he's a bit trigger happy. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's excited. I mean, I mean, you would be if you'd be stuck in Williams, and he's clearly like a very talented driver to then be in a top team. Yeah, I still and feel he is in a position that he can compete. I don't think he's overall. Quicker than Hamilton, but he's fast enough. I mean, he, out, he out-qualified Hamilton. I think he was a bit annoyed because he out-qualified Hamilton and then got past Alonso, but then Hamilton was in front of him in the race order, and he was a bit like, oh, like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, but that wasn't even... It wasn't even a deliberate over-to-take at the start. It was just how it all kind of... Played out. I know, but I think that's why he felt like he was sort of like entitled to be in front of Lewis, and then Lewis is really just conservative tires, and then I'm sure of... we've heard that a few times from Russell though. They kind of, oh, like, yeah, I, I don't like skin, but like, should we swap places? Because I'm a bit faster. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. like, but he no, won't just dead like, out. Why say I want past? I'm faster. Yeah, 
That's why Alonso and Hamilton and, and certain other drivers are like a level above because they're thinking about the long term. They're not thinking about the current overtake. I mean, before Alonso even went to overtake Lewis, he was sort of asking about his tyres, sort of waiting for the correct time to pounce. And then he got in front of Sainz, sort of got a little gap going and then was like, right, guys, I'm just going to just gonna put the car in uh, neutral and just coast this place around. Just tell me if anything changes and then, then I'll start trying again, basically. I mean, yeah. Or not even trying is they'll start pushing the car again because they know, you know, I mean, both Alonso and Hamlet have had a lot of shit luck. Um, and they don't want to do anything to tempt fate. They don't want to be pushing when they don't need yeah. to. They don't want it to be, you know, riding the curbs when they don't need to. They know to take it as easy as they can when they can because otherwise you'll end up DNFing when it really matters. Yep. Um, because Alonso's like lost championships over that, um, and so has Hamilton actually. If you look at kind of two thousand and seven, definitely, uh, they know that consistency is consistency is key, pretty much. Piastri's just had shit luck for a first race of a driver that yeah, but the champion to then DNF. Then... I'd still rather be in Piastri's position than Sargent's or De Vries's. You know, he Piastri potential in McLaren. McLaren is a it's a home name. Like it's a good team. It's a solid team. Whereas, although he's in a bad first race, I mean, I, I wouldn't be disappointed. I, you, he's just gone into F one. He's had the, the whole testing, the whole practice, and that's been pretty smooth sailing. Um, yeah. And I guess no one can judge you on your DNF as well. Exactly. If you were like, running around in last, then everyone would be like, oh, yeah, no, shocking yeah, performance. I mean, Here's the next Mazepin. But yeah, DNF, and they're just like, oh, that's a shame. I'd rather be in Piaschi position, DNF, and then Norris sort of just fixing his car every pit stop and then finishing in last. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Because then there would be speculation about his ability. Even though it was nothing to do with his ability, is to do with the, the shit, you know, the shit box McLaren's come out with. It's it's interesting that they tried to switch his steering wheel, thinking that would fix the issue. It's quite a cool thing to see, though. Yeah, but I feel like that'd be a very specific car error, for that to be the reason why stuff wasn't True. working. Something to wrong. If you have a steering wheel there, and you're like, this is an electrical issue. It could be this. It's worth it. Let's just swap it and see. You know what I mean? It's not gonna, not gonna risk anything if swapping it over. So I guess it was just that. Let's try it out and see what happens. Do you think uh, Lewis pitted too early for his second set of no for his yeah for his second set of hards? Because yes, but I don't think he could go any further. He was he was saying he could though. He was saying his tires were fine. On the radio, you're like, "Why are you taking me in?" I know, but he always says that, and then a lap later, they've got the, these tires yeah. ahead. I think, but I mean, I the commentators could have lasted same. long enough for the strat, the like stand. I think they, they would have met. I don't think they've got the um, durability that the Red Bull have. I mean, Crofty was saying that 
it was a really good strategy. So they were trying to prevent the undercut from Alonso, but then Alonso pits two laps later and then just found pace to... He did come out behind Hamilton. I know he came out ahead of George, but he came out behind Hamilton. Yeah. And Alonso was much faster on pace. So then I think looking at the end of the race, they held out as long as they could. Yeah, but do you think if Hamilton pitted later, he would have had an opportunity with signs or... Because I was, I was slightly disappointed in Hamilton not... Yeah... Well, to not see him get ahead of signs, but then I would probably say the the mark is fourth quickest. Do you know what I mean? I would say it's behind the Ferraris. Yeah, but signs looked like he was really struggling. I mean, he was on the radio complaining. Sort of, it seemed like he was trying to get the excuses in early for sort of getting kicked off the podium, and then if Hamilton then went to overtake him, there wouldn't be his spot in the car. I would have said they did the best they could, Mercedes today. Um, apart from maybe Russell, I think could have got ahead of Stroll actually. Yeah, I think Alonso was far quicker. Um, so the fact that they stayed ahead of him for the majority of the race makes it look like they fumbled it, but actually, they did the best they could, and they were just their good strategy and their good qualifying kind of made it look like they were faster when they were actually quite a lot slower and just did a better job over the the first half of the race. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think everyone's quite in position, apart from obviously there are about reliability issues. There wasn't anyone that that fumbled what they had. I think it was quite a clear showing of where performance is right now. Yeah. Um. um we saw the there if you're a McLaren fan. Yeah, very much so. I say while well, wearing a McLaren jumper, but I mean everyone's sort of a McLaren fan. So who do you think? was the best driver um i'm gonna go for a unique one because i think the majority are gonna go with alonso but i'm gonna go with sergeant i think for a rookie uh, on his first race in sort of uh, midfield low midfield team i think he did really well in his first race coming just behind albon with sonoda in between them i think he showed a very good performance, to be honest, all weekend. I think there was that whole thing. Um, everyone did kind of pin the, oh, you're just here for marketing on him as well. Um, oh, you're not actually going to be that good a driver. You're just here because you're American and you open up the American market. Yeah. And you proved that he has actually got... Yeah, he's more, know, than, the, the he's more than the American driver. Yeah. I'm going to keep an um, eye on him next next weekend I think um, yeah I think um, I, I'm really hopeful for Williams I think they're going to do well this season at least they're definitely it's going to be this, from back uh, of the field to midfield it was just it's the start of their redemption yeah um, I don't think everyone wants to see a million a Williams title challenge but I don't think we'll get that anytime soon but getting them back at the top of the midfield would be would be next nice. couple of years next couple of years uh, uh, no, I've got to go for Alonso. Like uh, it's obvious, but <clears throat> despite him having the car for it, he was consistent. He he had the racecraft to do the overtakes well. Um, management, he managed management of his well. yeah, like it it didn't even look that much effort. 
he just you know that overtake onto into the the really tight turn. I can't remember which turn it is. Um, it's downhill into a left hander, and it's really tight, like really tight braking zone. And when he overtook Hamilton, and that was just that was one of the most incredible overtakes I've seen on a seven-time world champion. Yeah, well, I um, think I think Lewis has this condition where he thinks. I've never been overtaken on this corner before. No one overtakes on this corner before. They won't do it. And then he keeps getting unexpectedly overtaken when he yeah, just leaves it exactly. wide open. And I think I think he needs to get better at expecting the unexpected from especially drivers like Max and Alonso. Yeah, definitely. Because that was like Lewis just like he didn't he let him pass because he just didn't see him coming. Yeah, and as Sainz, um, Sainz defended Alonso on that corner because he yeah exactly. Corner, and whether Sainz had been told over the radio or Alonso, I don't know if that was ever. I think, I think that's likely. I think that's likely. I'd want to know that if I was. Yeah, interested. but either way, like if he just thought, you know, I'm not, you know, Alonso's the most experienced driver on the grid, um, and as a two-time world champion, I'm not you know, giving him any benefit of the doubt, he is going to take every opportunity he gets, even if that is a really unlikely, and obviously we're in the new year of cars that, you know, back before last year, you couldn't overtake in that corner because you never would get close enough because you would just lose all your grip. Yep. Um, And that's maybe where Hamilton's losing out, is that he's so used to... No, so used to... The, Turbo hybrid, turbo hybrid era, and the V8s, and he's not quite. Um, although he he can keep up in the pace and he can keep up in the racecraft in certain situations, he's not almost keeping up with the ingenuity of the yeah. drivers. I um, think it was, and then things they can do that he could never do, the things he can they can try that he can never try, he could never have tried when he yeah. was starting out. I think it was nice seeing Alonso and Hamlin after the race. They seemed... Yeah, that was unexpected. Seemed, yeah, they seemed in good spirits together. And it was nice for a change seeing... I mean, Max just sort of stepped out of his car and put his hands up. We're like, yeah, yeah, I won. It was nice seeing Alonso, like, you know, someone who doesn't... He has not experienced that in so long. Seeing him celebrate the way he celebrated, it was really nice seeing that. Like, it was like Aston Martin had won the constructors championship the way they were celebrating it was really nice to see yeah I think that's just so like he's had this kind of bitterness about him for so many years and that was just completely wrong I think I think it really might have changed him I think it's because he looked like he enjoyed the race and I think that's the big thing is he didn't win it but he went out and you could hear him on the radio but we were yeah he came out and he enjoyed it and And then he he overtook yeah, sides and he was like, "Yes, bye bye," and it was just yeah, it was like, just so funny. Like you don't like drivers don't. I wish drivers spoke more to not the audience, but their drivers. Like, I wish they had a bit more fun. Like Alonso, like, Alonso just went out there, overtaking Hamilton, overtaking signs, just having laugh with his engineer. It was just really nice to see. Yeah, it was like he 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 was just out there because he wanted to be and because he was enjoying himself. Whereas in previous years we see the Alonso who's just pissed off all the time because because he just left the, because he just left the 
championship winning team to what he thought was going to be the championship winning team. Yeah, exactly. He he missed out on all all the opportunities. Um, and he was over promised. Where I think going to Aston Martin, he knew what he was getting into. He didn't have high expectations, and they've overperformed, and now he's getting the opportunity to fight for podiums again. Um, in a car that he says feels balanced and everything, and he's you know racing. I think I think his exact words were beautiful. Yeah, or was it lovely? It's something like that. I think it was like the car feels lovely. Um. He's racing wheel to wheel with Hammer, and they race together perfectly. He's racing wheel to wheel with Signs, they race together perfectly. Like at the end of that race, like he's just enjoyed his enjoyed his day, and it was a completely different side to him. Yeah. <clears throat> so, predictions for two weeks' time in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, we might start this as a sort of closing tradition to our podcast predictions for the next racing weekend um i'm hopeful for williams i hope williams um keep keep the pace they had this weekend um but i think i feel like mercedes are gonna have a better qualifying i think actually let's talk about that i mean it's it's, it's such a different track yeah, but as well. this weekend, did you not think the qualifying was a bit off? Well, as in it was closer. It it didn't seem like, you know, you know in qualifying you usually get the, the shootout at the end, whereas it was like Mercedes and George, they burned through their tyres halfway through the session. Yeah. Um, Leclerc mysteriously doesn't come out, which we later found out was an, an electrical issue. And then it was sort of just Perez and Verstappen had another go at it, and then Sainz. But Sainz was really never, he never showed the pace before that to really. So it's kind of like, that's it done. Half Halfway through the session, you Max had it. Realistically. Is it the, to us, it looks like it's a very close shootout. Um, kind of the beginning, you know, end of Q2, start of Q3. But the teams, with all the way that they have, they know that they're not in it with a chance. So they're almost like, let's just give up, preserve what we have, and concentrate on the race. Yeah, but that's boring. It's not what we want to see. I know it's I... not what you want to see, but it's what they, you know what I mean? It's. I think we Albon. It was Albon. He didn't even come out. He just stayed in, stayed in on Q two. He didn't bother even. I mean, quite often, Peter, and if they're like, you know, what I mean, I I got into Q three by a fluke. No, I'm just quite often Q2 do that. as well. The album got into it. Oh, just, Q2. He just accepted 15th place, I think. Um, and then, who was it? Was it, was it Sergeant and Norris who got the identical times? Um, it was one of the rookies. It was one of the rookies. So Lando set the time in Q1. And then, or it might have been Q2. No, it had been Q1 because Albon went... Yeah, so it was Q1. Um, Lando set a time, and because he set earlier, when Sergeant came over the line and got exactly the same amount of time, yeah. he was eliminated. Yeah, exactly right. They got the exactly same time. Uh, yeah, it was Sergeant and Norris, and that's the only reason Norris got through to Q2. That was honestly the... Like, Q3 and Q2 were way more exciting than Q1, and it's 
No, sorry, Q1 and Q2 were way more exciting than Q3, which... Yeah, it's like how it should be, in my opinion. Well, you're looking, and it is only a second between... You know, it's less than a second between the whole grid. Um, yeah, in that first session. But then, obviously, the Q2 and Q3 were a bit different. Um, were they not... Were, were... Was... Were the Red Bulls not like four tenths in front of them? Uh, yeah, no, sorry. sorry. The, the Red Bulls yeah. got one thirty on the nose, and then Paris is a tenth, a couple of tenths ahead, and Max was three tenths ahead of the of Leclerc in the Ferrari. Yeah, in the Q in Q three, it was the yeah. This gap just seemed to open up. Yeah, so it's almost like they were just hiding their pace a bit or preserving their tyres. Um, and they almost knew they had it in the bag, so just didn't even try um, nothing for for a lot of it, which obviously gave us all a bit of hope. Yeah, I mean, I just um, wanted to quickly mention that before we got into the predictions for next week because I thought it was like a particularly boring quality. I mean, you could have said that, you know, had Leclerc not had that electrical issue. Could he have found two tenths? Maybe it's not like an impossible amount to make up. Yeah, but then we I guess we can compare him to his teammate and he can Yeah. It. True. But his teammate was slower to begin with. Yeah, but signs on a good day. But Yeah, true. Yeah, so back onto the predictions for next week. I think Williams will do good and I think Mercedes will hopefully have dialed in a couple of things and have a better performance. Same with Aston Martin. They had a pretty... They didn't have a good qualifying. Um, but I think that could just be down to inexperience again, maybe. Not from Alonso's part, but from the team's part. Getting everything correct, the right time to go out when the track's the best. But I think, honestly, it'll be a Verstappen on Paul and then I think I honestly think it'll be another Verstappen win um of Verstappen Perez Leclerc 1-2-3 then Alonso signs Stroll Hamlin Russell that's all so not not far off what we're no I think pretty much what we've got now but without the the Ferrari mess-ups. Well, it wasn't a mess-up. Well, they didn't build the car right. We are going to see more mess-ups because it's a street track, because it's, you know, tiny, tiny margins. Likely chance of safety car. I think we could see more of a mix-up of the pack. I think still we're going to see the Red Bulls on top. Um, yeah, especially I less experienced drivers, I could definitely see some accidents. Uh, and then some safety cars messing up strategies to kind of mix up the field, especially, you know, the Marks and the Ferraris look very close on pace. The Aston Martins are only a wee bit ahead of them, so I think we could see them all a bit mixed up due to safety cars. Yeah, but I feel what tends to happen is, well, if Verstappen gets pole, he'll, he'll drive away into the sunset and then his tyre deck will be way better, so the rest of the grid will have to pit, and then when that happens, when all the order's a bit mucked up, 
one of the newer drivers will probably clip a wall, cause an accident, cause a safety car, and then Verstappen gets a free pit stop and he's even further ahead. Yeah, no, I could see something. I think Verstappen's too consistent to be kind of caught up in any issues. But I think um, the likes of Sainz or uh, Russell, you know, Leclerc, Stroll, I think um, we're going to see some accidents. I think there's going to be some crashes. I think there's going to be a, a few safety cars. So what's your top three then? Uh Verstappen's going to win. I'm going to put... Um, I'm going to go Hamilton P2, Paris P3. I'm going to go... Alonso for the win. Leclerc second. And Hamilton third. So you can't run on a Verstappen crash. I'm counting on a lot of action, a lot, of, a lot of broken cars. I hope you're right because that sounds like a pretty good race to me. Yeah, I just hope I just hope Alonso keeps providing the action. This weekend would have been pretty boring if Alonso wasn't racing in it. He pretty much provided all the entertainment. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, he was the only one having any wheel to wheel action, and he was the only one. Uh giving anyone a bit of a fight everyone else was just kind of coasting around so uh, if you guys want to drop us a follow we're on Instagram at formula the number one pod so formula one pod on Instagram and then our website's formula one pod dot UK